Chicago. This is your morning routine. Listen, respect my name. Cap and J-Hood. That's right. That's right. We're bad. Uh-huh. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now. Now. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Bring them out. Bring them out. Woo. Welcome in to the Cap and J Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000, and we are streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We've got Shay. We got Jay Moore. We got you for a three-hour ride here on this Monday morning. With open phone lines for you, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our telephone number. And, Cap, over the weekend, we found out some sad news regarding the Chicago Bulls and Zach Levine. We'll get to Zach Levine being out for the season in a moment. But it is interesting to watch the National Football League as we are right here on Super Bowl week. There's still uh, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators being hired. Uh, the head coaching cycle has closed. But there's some names out there that supposedly are connected to the Bears, even though the Bears have their guys in place. So all of this all weekend, it like you know me, I treasure every day that I'm above ground. Yes. Every day. I try to live life all in every day. Can we just get to the end of April, please? At the end of April, okay. Or the draft day. Okay. Just get this done uh-huh. because I'm so sick of the, uh, People I respect in the industry. Oh, my God. Did you see Caleb Williams congratulated Cliff Kingsbury on Instagram? It's his coach. What do you think he's going to do? Khalib. I mean, it, it's so stupid. And then I'm, I got people out there tweeting, well, this means he's absolutely going to Washington. Well, guess what? We have the number one pick. In case you're not aware out there, the Bears have the number one pick. Well, I hear that his dad wants to change the contract. I mean, it is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. One of those people you're talking about is Adam Schefter, yes. who's trying to connect the dots of, of uh, Caleb Williams and Cliff Kingsbury because of their relationship. Right. My dog, congrats. Dog, D-A-W-G. From Caleb to Cliff Kingsbury, Kingsbury in a Washington shirt. Sure. Okay, great. If Ryan Poles does all his homework and determines the guy he wants is Caleb Williams, there isn't anything they can do about it. Nothing. Well, we'd rather go to what if, if he came out and said that. It does not matter. Some of this stuff is so ridiculous. The kid, by all accounts, everyone who's spoken about him, he's a really good kid. He wants to win. Great interview with Sylvie and Jesse on Friday. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. If that's who they determine is the guy, that's who they're getting. Can we stop? It is not slanderous of Justin to say, we like Caleb Williams better. If you like him better, then take him. If you want to build around Justin, build around Justin. But a lot of this nonsense is insanity. Cliff Kingsbury's a washout of Texas Tech. He's a failure with the Arizona Cardinals. He was a freaking consultant last year. He wasn't even the OC at USC. Yes, nobody fails up more than Cliff Kingsbury. Right. He fails up into jobs because he does have some success as an offensive mind. Hey, listen, Dan Quinn is the new head coach for Washington. He needs someone that can be able to run his offense Uh, under Cliff Kingsbury, and that's fine, but I don't see the connection of Caleb Williams uh, to Washington, and here's why. The Bears are the one who has the NFL by the balls, again, back-to-back years. Correct. They've got the NFL world by the balls, and why is that? It's because they have the number one pick. You can do what you want with it. You can can be able to put your pick in there. You can trade that pick as they did last year. So it's not like, hey, Washington, let's swap swap picks. Look, I'll take two, and you take one. Because we want Drake May, because we want less than. Correct. <laughs> or Jaden Daniels or whatever. So we'll just give you the number one pick and we'll just take two. That, doesn't make, that makes no sense. Okay. Because you have the control of the draft. Correct. If you want Caleb Williams here, you're getting him here. 
I mean, people tweeting at me, well, what if he says he doesn't want to be a bear? Well, guess what? Then he can go use his USC degree and get a job, or he can go sit out for a year, which is never going to happen. He is going wherever he gets drafted. And he made that clear to Colin Cowherd, who had to walk his ridiculousness from the other day back. I thought Sylvie pressed him really well. Yeah, so if you missed it, you can go in the archives of the ESPN Chicago app, click Waddle and Sylvie. It was a 3 o'clock hour, right at 3, where they had Colin Cowherd from Fox on the broadcast. Now, let's go back and hear what Colin Cowherd said last week regarding Caleb Williams and the Chicago Bears. Listen. There's some concerns here that uh, dad's a little too involved. Now, dads are very, very involved in high school and college quarterbacking. So that's just part of the new world we live in. But I, I still contend, you're going to think I'm nuts here. I do think it's possible that Washington trades up and Chicago allows Washington to trade up. Because Caleb and his group do not want to go to Chicago. He's from the D.C. area. I think Dan Quinn is considered the big concern for Caleb Williams. And you have to admit this. Where you land matters. Chicago has never developed a star quarterback. Okay, so what I told you last week came to fruition on Friday with uh, with uh, Sylvie and Jesse on the Waddle and Sylvie show. And that is a kernel of truth wrapped around a whole bunch of opinion. Correct. Right, we're not saying that he doesn't have insight because Colin's been around the, the beat for a long time. He knows a lot of different people. He f- finds himself or try to fancy himself as a USC expert because he's in Los Angeles. Point is, though, is that you might have a, a source in there that says, yeah, you know what, we're concerned about Chicago because of their past and how they handle quarterbacks. That's fine. But then he wraps it around a bunch of Chicago's at the right place and Poles is not a good GM yet and, and Warren and they're a bunch of neophytes, all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So that was my problem. So he says that last week and then is on with uh, Sylvie and Jesse and – um, there's a little pushback on the Caleb Williams comments. Listen, you know, I mentioned, I said, listen, I don't, the Chicago thing is dicey and I don't think everybody in this camp loves it. And I don't think they do. <laughs> but then I was driving home from dinner last night about eight and I got called, uh, by somebody in Caleb's camp. And, uh, you know, I, he doesn't have a big camp. He's not an entourage guy. He's got like a marketing girl and a, a scheduler, but he's not, he, his camp is, small uh it's a tent it's not much of a camp so, <laughs> so somebody called and said hey we, we just don't want to be viewed as anti-chicago and they said we do think there's a way to win quickly there and it's the houston way defensive coach couple of weapons cap space um you know and he said he, he thinks the defense is actually going to be really really good so he follows it um but i but i think you know the things i had heard early is his dad's a big personality strong personality big opinions Good guy. Don't know him well. Know Caleb better. And Caleb doesn't always agree with him, but he's a dad. And Eli Manning's dad. And John Elway's dad. They're concerned. Okay. I can see how a cousin or a nephew that's in the camp of Caleb Williams, because they're family, saying, ah, Chicago. You know, they haven't really been successful being able to pick quarterbacks. You know, do they have the infrastructure? Every team has to be able to put their best foot forward and say, yes, we are the franchise you should come to. If we draft you, we're going to do everything we can to supply you with enough talent around you so you can be able to win. Every draft pick should have some concerns. No matter what, I don't care if it's San Francisco or if it's New England, Chicago, if it's Carolina, you always have concerns. Hey, I'm I'm going from college to the NFL, and my concern is how, how do I fit? Or how can you supply me with enough talent around me so I can flourish? So I can help our team. I get that point. But he's just going around and around and around the bend, Cap, trying to crap on the Bears more so than talking about how Caleb Williams can increase the chances of the Bears winning. You heard all of this. I heard the whole thing, and I went back, and on the way in today, I listened to the entire interview again with Sylvia and with Jesse. Yeah. Really good stuff. Look, I'm not the biggest cowherd guy. I never have been. But what about the marketing girl? Exactly. She's got a marketing girl. <laughs> really? Hey, how about a marketing person? And like, this is 2024, Colin. He's, he's got a marketing girl. I mean, like, wow. <laughs> Whoa. Look, let me just tell you this. If Pauls finishes all his work, and at the combine, he's not going to throw at the combine. He'll have a pro day. But he 
gets the medicals and the doctors say, we checked the medicals, you're good there. Mm-hmm. Okay, how about the psychiatric tests that they give you, all these different tests? Can you handle pressure? Can you this? Can you answer that? And that isn't the be-all, end-all, because we know C.J. Stroud had a horrible score and ended up becoming the rookie sure. of the year. Sure. If he passes all that, and then Poles brings him in with one of his what's called 30 visits, you get 30 of these, and he spends a few days in Chicago, and he passes all those checks, the Bears are drafting him. Washington is not going to hand you 74 draft picks and Deron Payne and Terry McLaurin. Oh, you know what? Give me that punter, too, because I feel like it. They need to rebuild through the draft. Mm-hmm. And John Keim, the Washington Redskins, or Washington Commanders reporter, it is, the reporter for them, was asked about Kingsbury coming in and what does that mean for Caleb Williams. Multiple sources with Washington have said that they know the roster needs a lot of work and they're intent on building through the draft. Giving up multiple picks to move up one spot might not match with that desire. And keep this in mind, current Washington quarterback Sam Howell and potential number two pick Drake May both excelled in the air raid offense at North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Right, the same offense that Kingsbury's bringing with him. Yes. What he ran. So if Poles wants Caleb, and by all accounts it sounds like he does, he's going to be the quarterback of the Bears. And all of the people out there are like, we can get 74 picks and nine no. players. It's, it's just not going to go no, down like no. that. We just got to turn the page on all of that. I mean, just, and, and again, I'm surprised that Adam Schefter, who is the, I mean, you talk about someone who has insight and has all the information on his Twitter feed. Just kind of throwing it out there. Yes, there is a history between Kingsbury and Caleb Williams. It doesn't necessarily mean that the Bears are going to go down to two to try to help Washington. You've got to help yourself. Correct. You try to get the best of the best. You get the best deal or the best draft pick. Correct. And at this point in time, the number one pick is going to be Caleb Williams. Unless there's something else that we don't know, Caleb Williams is going to be the number one pick for the Chicago Bears. Correct. So I just think that that conspiracy theory is, is one thing. But the Colin Cowherd thing... Again, if you missed it, you got to listen to Waddle and Sylvie uh, from Friday. Just the, how t- Colin was twisting and turning his, not necessarily fact, his opinion about the Chicago Bears. And by the way, what he said about the Bears and their history is absolutely correct. Yes. I know sometimes when you hear from someone from the outside talking about us, it stings the nostrils a little bit. Correct. I'll talk about I'll crap on my team. You don't get to crap you, on our team. Don't you say something about my kids. I'll, I'll, do t- it. I'll handle it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you how bad my kids are. Right. I don't need you to tell me how bad my kids are. But, I mean, everybody knows that the Bears have been a, a backwards franchise for a long time. They're trying to reimagine the franchise by, again, leveling the franchise the way they did. With Poles, Warren is in there. They're trying to do something different, something that we haven't seen before, Cap, and that is to take it to the studs to try to build on something. Usually they throw money in a hole here and there or turn a blind eye to what the Bears really need a free agency in the draft and then say, we're just going to move forward with it. Cap and I just last week went through certain teams that the Bears, you know, that the Bears had that they should have been able to get key free agents or key draft picks, and they didn't do it because of ineptitude. But I feel like Poles has his pulse on it. Now it's about getting results. Correct. So 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776, our phone number. Cap and I will talk about Zach Levine being out for the season coming up this hour. But also, we're asking you the question, does it really matter if Cliff Kingsbury is in Washington? When it comes to the Bears, does this have any relationship to the Chicago Bears at all? We'll hear more from Colin Cowherd and get your calls in here next. Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000, also on YouTube on the ESPN Chicago channel. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Captain Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Here's hoping that you're going to have a great Monday and a great week. 312-332-3776 is our telephone number. Does it really matter that Cliff Kingsbury, now the new offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders, is in Washington? And, and again, just the the... Twists and turns that people will have, Cap, to try to make the Bears less than. Oh, Kingsbury is with 
Washington who worked with Caleb Williams, meaning that Caleb Williams is going to be a Washington commander, and the Bears will go down to two instead of staying at one. I mean, again, we don't foresee that happening. More than likely, it will not happen. Why do Washington the favor of giving the best quarterback on the board? Why do it to – why? Correct. Because you get a haul back. Okay. It's not ha- – first of all, <laughs> so. we just played the audio from the ESPN reporter covers the commanders. John Kime. Multiple John- sources with Washington – have said that they know the roster needs a lot of work and they're intent on building through the draft. Giving up multiple picks to move up one spot might not match with that desire. And keep this in mind, current Washington quarterback Sam Howell and potential number two pick Drake May both excelled in the air raid offense at North Carolina. Mm-hmm. That's the offense that Cliff Kingsbury runs. Mm-hmm. And he's now the new offensive coordinator in Washington. So Drake May runs that system. Sam Howell runs that system. They have Sam Howell locked up cheap. They could bring Drake May in and let him sit for a year and learn the pro game behind Sam Howell because they're not going to win next year anyway. Like, it's a good scenario for them. People are like, we should be able to get... Terry McLaurin and Deron Payne and your next 72 number one. They're not going to do that. No, they are They are dead last, and they're trying to rebuild. And if they're willing to give up all that because Caleb Williams is that good, then you know what you do? Yeah, thanks for the call. Not interested. You hang up and you take the kid. Mm-hmm. Period. All right, let's go to the phone lines to talk to you. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. South side, here's Scotty on Cap and J. Hood. Scotty, good morning. Hey, first, let's uh, give a shout-out to all the hard-working union brothers and sisters. Scotty, you know, because of you, you, because of you, Hoodie and I were walking the other day, and there were two guys in union hoodies, yep. said union whatever, and I said, hey, two good union men. And they turned around and like, yeah. I'm <laughs> like, we got to always shout-out the union people. That's because you started that. Say union, yes. Yes. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. You got it. So, you, you know, listening to you just over the last couple of minutes, you kind of shot me down what I was going to say. Um, so my thinking is, being that Washington second, we could trade down to Washington and get their first-round pick, our second-round pick, and a first-round pick for next year. Then we could turn around and trade that second-round pick back to New England. And we could still end up with Marvin Harrison. I mean, Justin Fields, but no one's talking about Shane Waldron and how he revived Geno Smith's career two years ago. Mm-hmm. I, I think that Shane Waldron could help Justin Fields. Yep. And honestly, like you said, we got to build this thing from the ground up. So getting draft picks is going to be valuable for Ryan Poles to do his job. I mean, we got two. We, we honestly have another two years to get the quarterback situation right. So uh-huh. I just. I think that we can fleece the, the the second and third picks in this in this upcoming draft. Scotty, we appreciate the telephone call. I sniffed that out early. You're a Justin Fields fan, and and that's great. Yep, that's what it is. Because any time that you say the Bears should could fleece Washington and go to that hall that we just talked about and New England next year, that means you want Justin to stay. And by the way, that's fine because now. And I like that. Sky's going to start a fire here because of what he just said. The first call of the morning says, look what Shane Waldron did for Geno Smith. He could do the same thing for Justin Fields. Correct. That's what he said. Correct. That's going to start a fire around here. Okay, let me read you a couple of things here. Vic Tafer, who you know. Yep. Vic Tafer covers the Las Vegas Raiders for the Athletic. He's really good. Mm -hmm. He said... Getsy being named OC in Las Vegas means to him no trade for Fields. Where'd you park the cop car, Dick Tracy? Because Luke loved Justin as a person, does not think that they can win with him. And so he going to Vegas, Vegas is not going to acquire Justin Fields. That's a fact. He then... Mike Giardi said he also, like Tafer, heard a few times covering the Senior Bowl in Mobile that the Raiders feel Luke Getze wasn't the problem with the Chicago offense. Hint, it was number one, mm-hmm. the quarterback. Well, and they watch a lot of tape before they make this decision. And granted, they tried to hire Cliff Kingsbury first. Luke was their runner-up, but guess what? When you graduate 
med school, whether you're number two in the class or number 50, they still call you doctor. He's the OC. The failure offensively for the Bears was collaborative. Correct. I mean, they could say that's all on Justin Fields, but it's collaborative. As you well know, as a coach, you can keep losing and keep underachieving, but it's up to you to keep pouring through that tape until your eyes bleed, until you can find a way to unlock the mystery of your player that's underachieving. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's your job, Cap. I, I'm not, it's, it's interesting that that's, that was in the athletic piece. However, I can't put all of the doldrums offensively on the Bears on Justin Fields. Because that's on the coaching staff. Completely that's on, agree with you. It's on the offensive line. That's on the weapons around Justin Fields. It's all of it. Now, ultimately, the guy with the ball in his hands, the lion's share of the time, he's responsible for the offense mm-hmm. on the field. However, when you fail, everybody fails. I thought that Tommy Waddle's line that he said, he said it a bunch to Sylvie, he said it with us on Waddle Wednesdays, is Luke Getze is not Bill Walsh. He's also not the devil incarnate. Fair. The truth lays in the middle. John is in Lakeland, Florida, listening on the ESPN Chicago app. Good morning, John. What's up, guys? What's up, guys? Listen to you guys every day. Appreciate you. you. Great. Thanks. I do the I do the Shea Norlin's Javi Baez spottings out here because I know he's a great big fan of him. <laughs> About that, Shea. <laughs> My favorite spring player. Training, spring train, yeah, spring training in two weeks. They got his parking spot already marked for him. Anyway, wow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, is Alonzo Ball related to this guy's father? That he wants to control what he wants to do. And then the last thing is, real quick, I'll listen up the air. Last week, Cappy, you talked about uh, animal voyeurism. Remember that? Was, I think it was last Thursday. Mm-hmm. You talked about, yeah, okay. Did you check out The Farmer's Got a Wife? I didn't. The Farmer's Got, what is that? That's a TV show, That's isn't it, John? It's a reality show like The Bachelorette. Now it's The Farmer Takes a Wife. Yes. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's a, it's a new show. Wow. Mm-hmm. I've heard that, John. Um, anyway, you guys, you guys do a great job. But anyway, I was just wondering: is that is this guy's like his father? What you know, wants to control stuff? You're talking about Lavar Ball. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, Lavar Ball. Okay. Let, let's let's address that. We appreciate the phone call. It's funny that you bring this up because Cap and I just talked about this last week. You know, when it comes to Lavar Ball, you heard Zippo while Lonzo Ball was in a Bulls uniform. Same thing with Lamelo and Charlotte. Lavar's not around at all. Not at all. He got them to the to the to the league, and he, and they, he has stepped back. They didn't even go to the games. No, because he came in a few times. He called me to go to lunch, and I was traveling. Yeah, but he's come in quietly, sits in his seat, that his son leaves him, and that was it. And I've talked to him. I did a podcast with him. He's a really good guy, Lavar, really good. And he had told me Magic made it clear when Lonzo he was the first one to get drafted. Okay, now he's ours. You will always be his dad. You don't get involved in the basketball here. Yeah. Okay. We're good. Yeah. And you haven't heard Heidner hair of him. Nope. Zero. And now here's the thing. It's okay for a parent to be able to be concerned about their son going to the next level. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one thing. It, hey, listen, Caleb Williams is the number one pick. He's not going to San Francisco. Yeah, he's not going to Kansas City. I'm sure he would prefer for his son to be at the top shelf of teams in the NFL. That's just not how it works. Correct. So you're going to the Chicago Bears. And, yes, everyone knows the history of quarterbacks and the Chicago Bears in this city. However, Cap, it's, you know, for the father or people in the Caleb Williams circle to be concerned, there should be some concern, but also have enough faith in your son to be able to figure this out, that he can be able to help the Chicago Bears, to help him help them win. Hopefully that is the case. How many times does a team have seven wins – and trending up, and have cap space, and have another top 10 pick, and you get drafted number one overall to said team. Usually it's Bryce Young to an awful Panthers team. Mm -hmm. Trevor Lawrence to a two-win Jacksonville team. Cincinnati Joe Burrow to a horrible Bengals team. Luck. Andrew Luck. He's probably the one guy that got into... A decent situation because Peyton Manning got hurt. Mm-hmm. So you have guys normally walk into two-win football teams, one-win football teams, three-win football teams. He's walking into a situation where there is a very strong possibility Caleb Williams is your quarterback and you're in the playoffs next year. 
More of your phone calls coming up. 312-332-3776 is our phone number. We're talking about the parallel of Kingsbury, the offensive coordinator now for Washington and Caleb Williams. Also still to come, the worst contract in Chicago sports history. I think we're sitting in it right now as we watch our Chicago sports teams. Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000, also on 100.3 FM, HD2. Shot or no shot with Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. That's why I see him in the shot. Good morning and welcome in to the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000. And we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood with you. Now time for Shot or No Shot. And it is brought to you by the fine folks over at ESPN Bet Now Live in Illinois. Sign up today to bet the big game. New users get 100 bucks in bonus bets with any sports book bet. My brother said, how did Hoodie not remember this one? Adam Dunn. Oh, God. <laughs> and how about this for a true story? A buddy of mine is at a bar mitzvah. He looks over. There's Ozzy. Ozzy's at the bar mitzvah. Yeah. And he walks up. He goes, Ozzy, breaking news. We just signed Adam Dunn. He said, Ozzy looked up from the table from his drink and went, he can't play. Mm-hmm. Great. He was <laughs> not happy that they had signed him. God. Do you, you remember know, when Ozzy put him in to pinch hit and looked up at Kenny's box? Yeah, yeah I do recall that. It was on TV. <laughs> and he struck out on three pitches. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Shane, let me tell you, when Adam Dunn was in Chicago, there was never a hot day in the summer. You know why? Because he'd fan all the time. He was the yeah. air, he air conditioner at the home plate. He was Adam Dunn, D-O-N-E. Oh, my God. Oh, that's just bad memories right hey. there. Wow. That's the era. Bring in an attraction. Here we go. Eucalyptus, come on in. Ken Griffey Jr. past your prime, come on in. That's the White Sox. Bring in attractions just to click the turnstiles. Adam Dunn. Horrendous. Horrendous. Wow. All right, here's Shay. Uh, all right, I actually want to start with the Bulls. Zach Levine, the news over the weekend came out. He's going to miss the rest of the season. Also, good morning, boys. Zach Levine is going to miss the rest of this season. And I, I don't have the energy to really be angry at the front office, Karnaschovas and Eversley anymore. You look at last year, I wanted Levine dealt last year at the deadline. Knew what the team was. They weren't going to do anything in the play-in. If they got into the first round, they would have got bombed right out. They weren't going to do what the Heat did. They did nothing. They were empowered to do nothing. Last summer, I wanted them to make a move. They did nothing because they were empowered to do nothing. Now, when you had another opportunity for the last few months to try to get something done, no trade market materialized because you waited too long. Nothing's going to happen. And now this guy won't even play for the remainder of the season. It's an absolute disaster. But shot or no shot, the true blame lies with ownership for letting these guys do nothing. That is a shot. It starts at the top with Michael Reinsdorf. Jerry hands you the franchise, the keys of the franchise. I'm a baseball guy. You take it over. I don't have the energy. And so you just can't just stand still. Because ultimately, Cap, here's what I wonder. Monday morning, coming up in an hour, 9 o'clock, what's the meeting about that Michael Reisdorf's involved in? What's the meeting about? If it's not about the team, if it's just about money, the revenue you had over the weekend, your, you know, your game ops, if that's what it's about, then that's a major problem. Are you not talking about the franchise, talking about the future of the ball club now that Zach Levine is gone? What's the meaning about? It has to be about basketball at some point, doesn't it? It can't be about, let me take a look at the earnings. How much can we make here? What's the teams coming up? All right. Well, we, are we sold out? How'd the new Los Bulls jersey do? Are we sold out? Tell us about the merch. Go ahead, pal. Tell us about the merch. You know, show us the slides. Aren't you talking about basketball at some point? Sometimes at some point you got to talk about basketball. I've never been the one to say to say tank, but I'm the one that's telling you that this dog don't hunt. You have to start over, and it's really a terrible time to do that because this draft sucks. So there is no Winbenyama or LeBron to help you. So what I'm saying is is that even with the assets that you have, if you're Michael Reinsdorf, if you're the other guys in the front office, you have to tear this down. You have to do it. And by the way, by saying that, doesn't mean the Bulls are going to be in the playoffs next year. 
you built this. It's not working. You have to get rid of it. You have to. So, yeah, it is on Michael Reinsdorf, ultimately. It's a horribly run franchise. Horribly. I'm not talking about the business side. It's a gold mine. It's a cash cow. It's an ATM machine. God bless them. Basketball side? They're a train wreck. Train wreck. They are the settlers. All they settle for is click the turnstiles and be mediocre. That's all that matters. I just I, I, I told you this before, that no matter how great your game ops are or butts in seats or whether or not families are happy at your, your stadium, at some point you want to walk into those meetings. I want to be on that Zoom call with the owners, and you want someone to point at you on the screen like they do at Oklahoma City or Minnesota or Boston, and for them to say, Boy, you've got it turned around over there. How'd you do it, old man? My God, you're you're one of the best teams in the NBA. Look where you were, and now look at you. And they're patting you on the back and giving you cigars and drinks, and they're like, hey, man, I'm a mediocre team. Tell me how you did it. You've always had it sold out. You've always had fans. But, boy, the operation looks so much better. I'd want that pat on the back. Yeah. That's what I'd want. Right. I'd rather be Oklahoma City right now with 3,000 draft picks and in first place in the West. Right. So not only is your current great, your future is even brighter with all those draft picks that you could deal or be able to put on your ball club. I'd rather be them than the Bulls. I'd rather be Minnesota than the Bulls. There's so many other teams that are so much better than this Bulls team. And people will log on this morning, yeah, but the Bulls are ninth. Yeah, and sinking like a rock. Correct. And that's all on Michael Reinsdorf and that front office. Correct. They're, it's poorly run, man. That's just a fact. And frankly, like I don't, I don't care about the business side. Everybody knows you make money. Look at Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder ran a sports team as poorly as you possibly can and more than tripled his investment in the purchase when he had to sell because the NFL said, you're so bad, get out. He still made money. Reinsdorf bought this thing for, what, $16 million? You're worth almost $5 billion. Everybody makes money. You got to run the basketball team at some point. I will make, look, it's very clear to me. Tom Gore's owner of the Detroit Pistons is the single worst owner in sports. Guy's a moron. Lives in California, has no connection to the fan base, has no connection to the team, just bought it. And every investment and every charitable donation he's ever made has an ROI next to it. So again, don't care. Right. But shot or no shot, Reinsdorf with the Bulls has become the second worst. Well, that's a, you know, that's a shot at this point in time, Cap. That's a shot. That's a shot. Because people will well, say, well, what about Washington? Washington's been a dumpster fire for a long time. Charlotte with Michael without Michael. Uh, that dog done hunt. Toronto's tanking and they're rebuilding. Brooklyn has always been Brooklyn. The Spurs are going to be better. With Wimbenyama draft picks, that's going to be a better team in a couple years. So I think that, you know, that Reinsdorf is right there. Has to be. Has to be second or third. Right there, because Charlotte's been bad forever. I mean, it's unbelievable. It is literally unbelievable but, where this team is at. Well, again, just to circle back to the point, the, the game ops cannot be the sole thing that uh, distinguishes you in the league. Boy, no matter how good or bad the team is, the people come out. Yeah, you know, a lot of those fans are seeing the other team and their stars. This is no shot at like Kobe White or the guys that are trying on the on the Bulls. We're just saying that the operation is less than. Uh, Mediocre at this point in time. Correct. All right, Shay. All right, it is officially trade steam season in the NFL. NFL insiders pouring over cap sheets, talking to executives, excuse me, to find the biggest trade candidates in the offseason. Over the weekend, you see a surprise name pop up on the potential trade market. Browns wide receiver Amari Cooper. Browns are projected to be over the salary cap next season, need to make some moves to get younger. They can save over $12 million by getting rid of Amari Cooper, who had 1,200 yards on 72 catches despite having four starting quarterbacks. Shot or no shot, the Bears should trade for Amari Cooper. Uh, That's a no shot for me. He's a good football player. Really good football player. I'm not trading for veteran. How old is he? 30? Amari Cooper? Yeah, Amari so at least his second team. Twenty nine, twenty nine. Yeah, yeah. He'll no. be thirty next season. Yeah, and is when's his contract up? I, like these things all have to be looked at. Yeah, he's no. He's got void years after this season, so you effectively take on one year at about twelve million, and then you're free. It's, it's a no shot. I'd rather get a draft pick in that spot. Same here. Or um, sign a much younger player, mm-hmm. T. Higgins. If I'm going to pay, 
Then let me go cite T. Higgins as a free agent. It's a nice player, but I would rather get a, a draft pick as a young wide receiver to build. Yeah, I'm going to pass. Shay. All right, yesterday the Pro Bowl gave a preview of what is soon to be an Olympic sport. Flag football. The NFC won for the second straight year by a score of... 64 to 59 in the flag football edition of the Pro Bowl games. Shot or no shot, the flag football Pro Bowl is actually entertaining. I saw a little of that, uh, just going through trying to get to the college basketball that I was watching yesterday. Mm -hmm. So that's a shot. You know what I love? The NFL gave a middle finger to everybody that says, oh, this NFL, it's like flag football. Oh, is it really? How about we give you flag football then? F you. Here's flag football. You think the NFL is flag football? Here you go. There's your flag football right there. <laughs> uh, you don't have to worry about head injuries as much. Uh, it looks like the guys are having fun. You know, the, the thing about football that's different than baseball or, or basketball, the other sports cap, is that in flag football, you can see the faces of the players. They're not just uniforms and helmets. Correct. You can actually see these guys. Yeah. And I, that, I think that matters to a certain audience. Yeah. I'll rely on you guys for that. I saw exactly zero seconds of it. Had zero interest in watching it. Nothing. No, no thanks. But just the, the premise that he's asking, does he believe, do you believe it'll catch on? No. Flag football. Or how entertaining it will be. Well, one thing for sure, for young people, it will be because of how much scoring that we saw. 64 to 59. To young people, just to see the ball go back and forth, absolutely. I think that young people can relate to that because they play flag football. Yeah, I just that will never be something that will catch my attention. I would have if I was home yesterday. I was not. It's my grandson's birthday today. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, Ben! Three. Um, I would have been watching college and NBA basketball. I would not have watched that. That is zero intrigue to me. Shay. Yeah, I watched college basketball yesterday, Purdue, Wisconsin, and then last night, I watched the Grammys, and Taylor Swift became the first artist in history to win Album of the Year four times at the Grammys. This Sunday, she gets to watch her boyfriend with a chance to win his third Super Bowl. A lot of achievement in that relationship. Shot or no shot, if the Chiefs win, Taylor Swift should get a ring. Excuse me? <laughs> You're joking, right? This is all over social media. Our director of content, Danny Zetterman, sent this to us. Well, do you have your answer? Because I got mine. Okay. Absolutely not. She's got nothing to do with the team. A, You're going to give her a ring? For what? No, absolutely not. If they give pendants like the Cubs did, or the wives got a necklace, which like a half ring that was like a necklace, it was a keepsake to say, hey, you're part of it too. Okay, that's fine. A ring? Get the F out of here. And I like Taylor Swift. Okay, well, for my answer, that is a shot that she should get a ring. There's no question about that. And the reason why is because... If you are Travis Kelsey, you're trying to strike while the iron's hot. Imagine him going down to bended knee, especially if they win the Super Bowl, and she gets her ring. What's she going to say? He gives her the Super Bowl ring. That's exactly right. <laughs> so no question that she should get a ring at the Super Bowl. Obviously, they don't get the ring until the following season. He should get a ring pop. That's right. And go, baby, this is going to be my Super Bowl ring when I get we'll bring it. bring one yes. of the other no. Super Bowl rings. So, so I, would, I would say that's a shot. She should get a ring at the Super Bowl. If they win, what a moment that would be. It's not like we've never seen players propose on the field before. I think that would be great. Yes, Taylor Swift deserves a ring if they win. That would be amazing. You talk about you talk about breaking the internet. I mean, the the music people, the football people, like, oh my God, she said yes to Travis Kelsey. That'd be a hell of a moment for the Super Bowl. Wouldn't she say no? I, that's the thing. Well, if content, she's, if, for radio, if, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's gold. If she says no, it'll be in an album. If she she says no, forget about recapping the game. Three hours on Super Bowl Monday talking about Taylor Swift telling Kelsey no. How could she do that to Travis Kelsey in the biggest moment? Take that, Swifties! Take that! Around the NFL is right around the corner on the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show. Wow. Welcome back! Welcome back to Cap and Jay Hood on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is 
not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I won't win it. He starts to come and then he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? Time to go around the National Football League on the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with you until 10 o'clock. Then Mike Greenberg comes in at 10. Carmen and Yurko, 12 to 3. A crosstalk with Wall and Sylvia, 2.30. Black and Abdallah at 6.30. All part of the mix here on the home of the Bears, ESPN 1000. Around the NFL, here's Shay Norling. Shay? I'm going to be all Super Bowl all week in Around the NFL as we say farewell to football. The 2023 season comes to an end. All of this will culminate, Hoodie, in a very exciting prop bet extravaganza mm-hmm. on Thursday and Friday. Mm-hmm. But today... I have a roster deep dive, a breakdown just to show how far apart these two teams are and why it ultimately might not matter. All right. All 22 positions, who's the starter in the all Chiefs Niners team? Okay. So at quarterback, we don't even need to have a conversation. Brock Purdy's not a bum, he's a fine player. But he ain't Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the starting quarterback if you fuse these two teams together. That's exactly right. It is Patrick Mahomes. And no, Dan Dockich, no, no. Brock Purdy's not a bum, but we're talking about the best of the best. Dockich on a rant this weekend, thinking that there is a, there's some, that people are against that young man. No one's against Brock Purdy, but he's taking on Patrick Mahomes, for goodness sakes. That's the whole thing. All right, so Mahomes, quarterback. All right, next. Running back, I think it's the same deal. No offense to Isaiah Pacheco, but we don't even we don't need to have a conversation here. Christian McCaffrey's the best in the business. Yes, that's a fact. Fight doctor. Not going here, but we're going to go with McCaffrey. That's Ferdy, not Isaiah, and they're not related. Shay. Huh? Ferdy Pacheco was the fight doctor, and he is Caucasian. Isaiah Pacheco is African-American. They're not related, and Ferdy Pacheco is long dead. Oh, I don't think we needed that. that. I don't think that's true. Poor guy. Check your sources on that. Go ahead, Shay. Let me look. Starting wide receivers. We're going to have three of them. Both these teams run three wide receiver sets very often. We've talked about the Chiefs receiving core all year. It's not very good. At one, Debo Samuel. At two, Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk. And at three, Rasheed Rice. Fair? You like that? All time, like Samuel, Debo Samuel, Ayuk, and Rice as your wide receivers. One, yeah. two, and three. Yes, I agree with that. By the way, Ferdy Pacheco is dead. Yeah. Oh. What what source are you looking at? Google. Yeah. Wrong thing. I'm a Bing guy. Go ahead. Wow. <laughs> Tight end gets interesting. <laughs> I wrote down George Kittle, but I'm willing to hear if there's a dissenting opinion. I just think in the wow. year of our Lord 2024, Kittle edges Kelsey by a very little bit. No, I disagree. I'm taking... I'm going Kelsey one, Kittle two. It's yeah. close. And by the way, it's close, though, Shay. But if well, you you take Kittle wide, do you think Kittle is... Is he younger than Kelsey? He is. I think he's been more productive, certainly the entire season. Maybe not as much in the playoffs, but he has been productive in the playoffs. And the whole season, Kittle, I think, led the league in receiving yards among tight ends. He was still a top two or three tight end. Kelsey all year really wasn't. That's, that's, that's a tight one, Cap, because we're talking about two... Hall of Fame tight ends. Kittle also brings a lot in the run game that Kelsey does not. Kelsey caught 30 more passes this year. Did and he, he had like 300 fewer yards. No, he did not. Didn't, wasn't Kittle at 1,200? Kittle was at 1,020. When Kelsey was at which, 950. And uh, Kelsey was at 984. He had 53, or excuse me, five TDs, a long of 53, average 10.6. George Kittle... Uh, had average 15, long of 66, had caught six touchdowns. One more. Regardless, if we're including... if Sorry, Hoodie. If we're including run blocking, it's not even a conversation. It's Kittle. Okay. I'm, I don't care about run blocking. I'm talking about who no. I'd rather have a tight end. No, I mean, no, but it's, it's part of it, though, Cap. Like, all of it. The production. Oh, I agree. It's all part of it, yeah. but I'll take Travis Kelsey. That's fair. I, I think it's tight. Uh, you know what? Jay Moore. Tie break it. Kittle or Kelsey at tight end? Mm. It's close. It's close. Yeah. Uh, who's the oldest? Kelsey. Kelsey. Ah, see. By what, a year? How much? Ah! Uh, 
I'm going to have to go with uh, Kelsey because he has the hot hand right now. Kelsey's four years older than George Kittle. There you go. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, he's got the hot hand right now. All right. So I'll adjust this to Travis Kelsey. Uh, The offensive line, I I know a lot of people don't know every position on the offensive line, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. The tackles I gave to both San Francisco tackles, the Kansas City tackles are terrible. Jawan Taylor, been the worst right tackle in football, gets penalized a ton, gives up a ton of sacks, doesn't know where the line of scrimmage is. It's the biggest weakness on their offense, even with the wide receivers, is the two tackles. So I gave those both to San Francisco. The entire interior, both guards in the center, Creed Humphrey, go to Kansas City. If we accept Kelsey ahead of Kittle, then... You give six players to Kansas City, five to San Francisco. If you go Kittle, flips. Yeah. The defensive side of the ball gets very interesting. Okay. Both edge rushers go to uh, San Francisco. Chase Young, even at a lesser productivity, edges out anything that uh, Kansas City has. He's better than George Karloftis. Oh, no way. Clearly better. No. Yeah, Nick Bosa for sure. I'll take Karloftis over Chase Young every freaking day. Going forward or right now? I like right Karloftis now, a lot, but I, I, he ain't better than Chase Young to me. Chase Young is done, man. Done. Why? Because the Bears didn't take him? No, because he's not healthy. Because And that's why the Bears didn't take him, right? Because that was Multiple out there. Multiple teams did not. And that's yeah. why he only got the rest of the year with... And he'll go on one-year deals, it looks like. I just remember I was talking about that. Had, uh, he was a possibility, and the Bears end up getting sweat instead, which was the better move. Oh, my God. Crazy good. So, so in the battle of Karloftis versus Young, you like Karloftis better, correct? Uh, I like Karloftis from Purdue better. Yes, I do. Got look at those. They got to do a side by side on those numbers. By the way, I am looking it up right now for you, Jonathan. I wrote Chase it down Young at- had a whopping two and a half sacks this year, mm-hmm. and George Karloftis, who I like a lot, that guy plays hard. Starts with a K, by the way. Yes, thank you. Good, great, ten and young a half man. sacks. He was very good this year. Ten and a half sacks to two and a half, and you're going to take Chase Young? You've lost your mind, football guy. I like I like Chase Young a lot. I'm higher on him than most. He has not been productive this season. There's no arguing about that. I'll flip it to Karloftis. That's fine. Karloftis. Let's right. go defensive tackle. Chris Jones and Eric Armstead. Both teams run a four three. They split them. I don't think there's any argument there. Chris Jones and Eric Armstead are both. Great. Going to be the two defensive tackles. Yep. Great. How about linebacker? All Niners. Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Oren Burks. All three of them. Fair. Who are the three for the chief? Bad. That's who they are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh wait a minute. They're not very good. Not just a second now. Bad's a three-letter word. Spags hides a lot of their weaknesses in the secondary with A, Trent McDuffie being incredible, B, blitzing his ass off. So, Tranquil, Bolton, and Gay from right to left on your radio dial. I'll tell you what, that's a really good KC group, man. Gay? All of them. Yep. All of them. I I agree with him. If you want to just take the best guys... I guess I, I understand where he's coming from. Relative that Kansas to, City defense is really it's good. It's fantastic, but relative to Fred Warner, Drake Greenlaw, and Oren Burks, all three linebackers for San Francisco are starting. Shea is right. Okay. And it's not just because of the names we know. It's just because of the production. Now, to your point, Cap, you're talking about how they all work together, you know, like a fist. Like, you know, there might be, not be big names, but the point is, though, San Francisco's They've got the, the production Fred at that Warner's spot. Yeah. The, maybe the best linebacker in football. Difference maker. Yes. All right. Uh, secondary? Uh, again, this is going to be split at corner for me. Trent McDuffie for Kansas City. He's phenomenal. He's one of the best players on the defensive side that I've watched all season. He's an unbelievable player. And Traverius Ward for San Francisco. And then safety, again, both go to San Francisco. Jair Brown and, unbelievably, Tayshawn Gibson, if you watch, has been... Really solid on the back end of that defense. God, the Bears used to have a guy with the same name, Tayshawn Gibson. Yeah, believe that? He just didn't look like that when he was here. By the way, he kicked he kicked ass in the preseason. He was okay with us. He wasn't great. But you remember that he, he was really he was, he was playing for I mean, playing for his job, playing for his life. And I was just told by my friend who is a Grammy voter. Yeah. He's a Wyoming player too. Gibson. Wow! Yeah. Yes. That's the guy! So, so uh, your thoughts, Cap, on Justin Reed and Mike Edwards at safety. Go ahead. Your thoughts. Who? Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> exactly. The Kansas City Chiefs. You know, so there you have it right there. There you have it. Who's the Chief? Who is the Niners DC? And Steve how, Wilkes. Steve Wilkes. There you go. Brother Wilkes. Brother Wilkes. And Brother Spagnolo on the other side. All right. Special teams. I'm not doing special to get I'm just doing the 22 starters on the offensive. Well, defense. I will tell you, Kansas City has a massive advantage at kicker. Massive. That Bucker? Harrison Bucker is phenomenal. Their punter's really good as well. Uh, th- my point is, if you go through the roster breakdown, by my count, and you had some arguments, I'll take Chase Young off. We'll go San Francisco as 14 of the top 22 players in this game. And yet they are a two-point favorite. Why? Because Patrick Mahomes is on the other side. San Francisco, 14 of 22 players, you said, right? 14 of the top 22 players, by my count, belong to the San Francisco 49ers in this game. And yet, I'm picking the Chiefs. I will be on the Chiefs this week. I'm happy to spoiler alert it. And they're only a two-point dog because they have the best quarterback in football. This is a very roundabout way of making the point. Everybody's trying to catch up to Kansas City. And while you might want to build up the roster, the fastest way to do it is to just hit a home run at quarterback. That's what Kansas City did. Now they can pay him out of his keister for the rest of his career, and they'll be fine despite having lesser talent at big positions on the roster. They're still going to make the Super Bowl. They're still going to be a short dog or a favorite at worst, and they'll probably win most of them. Hit a home run at quarterback, man. Yeah. So can you... Let's assume Caleb is who everyone hopes he is. And all of a sudden, we've got, like, that guy. Top three guy in the league. Yeah. I want to know how many people in town who didn't want to take him and trade, get picks, whatever, are going to fess up and go, I didn't think he'd be this good. Oh, no. Or will we fess up? I think we will. Yes. Hey, man, we wanted Caleb and he didn't work out. Yes. And it's okay to say that. We're here every day. Mm -hmm. Those, Those that we hear from that are... Big on Justin, and if it works out with Caleb Williams in Chicago, those guys would just fade into the wall. Correct. Fade into the beige. Correct. Like it never happened. But correct. we know it happened because we've been hearing it and reading about it on our social media. That's correct. So, so you have it there. All right. Coming up, uh, still to come, we'll have uh, Jay Moore's Grammy Corner. We'll take a look at uh, what's happening with the, the Grammys last night. But uh, coming up next, surgery or playing for Detroit? What would you rather do? On Cap and J Hood. Get the scalpel.